Welcome to the New Freedom Church Podcast. This podcast will help you grow deeper in your faith through weekly 30-minute talks. If you haven't already done so, go ahead and hit that subscribe button so you get each new episode as it's released. Now sit back and relax as God speaks to you through this message. We all make plans in life. We make career plans, family plans, retirement plans. Um, now, plans, well, they don't always go as, uh, you know, as we would like them to. There's times when you know, we make plans and something unforeseen, something unexpected happens and um, our plans change. You know, so have your plans ever changed due to something unexpected? Uh, by a show of hands, how many of you have used like a Garmin GPS, um, some sort of navigation system in your car when you're traveling somewhere? Okay, we've got the majority of you. So most of you know, uh, you know, a GPS, right? So the way that it works, there's satellites in space that communicate with the GPS, which serves as a receiver. And basically, um, it, you know, the, the satellites are able to determine where, you, where your location is. And then based on the, um, the destination that you enter in, it gives you directions and it, and it, and it guides you. Um, now in our spiritual lives, we have a spiritual GPS, but it's a lot different than like our standard navigation system, our spiritual GPS. We've got a father in heaven. We get our guidance from, from above, but a GPS, while we can see the screen, we can see it clearly, um, with, with our guidance, you know, from God, um, we have to walk by faith, you know, so it, 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 our, we have to, um, you know, follow the guidance that we don't necessarily see, but we want to see what's right in front of us. We, we, we crave that um, exact information. We want to know exactly where we're headed. We want to know all the steps that we're going to take. Um, now the GPS, um, the, uh, they used to do this thing where it would go recalculating um, when it would change your, your route and it drove people absolutely insane. Um, so much so that they had to eventually like get a feature to allow you to turn that off because people did not want to, to hear that uh, I'm getting recalculated for the 50th time. Now, when God decides that he's going to uh, change the direction that we're going in, we don't get that audible recalculating. It's not always spelled out in front of us because oftentimes we're not paying attention to God's guidance. A GPS doesn't work if you're not looking at the screen or if you're not listening to what it's saying. So what we, we often do is we don't listen to God. We don't stay connected to the power source. We don't turn our GPS on because we don't stay filled by the spirit. Our word of the year at NFC is presence. Um, so far, you know, we've taken a closer look at the importance of God's presence in the believer's life. And we've identified the fulfillment, which can only be found in the presence of the Holy One. Today, we're going to zero in on my, one of my favorite stories in the Bible, in the New Testament. Um, it's in the book of Acts. It's a story of what happens when one man um, has an unexpected encounter with Jesus, and, and it's going to show you, we're going to see what happens, the miraculous transformation that takes place in the course correction, um, which was also a course correction for the history of the Christian church. So many of us are familiar with the Apostle Paul, and if you don't know, before he became Paul, he actually was referred to as Saul. Um, I'm only going to call him Paul today because otherwise it's going to get kind of confusing if I keep jumping back between Saul and Paul. So if I say Paul, that's, I, that's referring to Paul and Saul, okay? Because there's the, the way, the way that um, the, the scripture words it, you know, the, sometimes it says Saul, but I'm going to refer to him as Paul. Um, now, Paul wrote roughly two-thirds of the New Testament. And Paul's conversion is one of the most powerful stories in the Bible. It changed the traje trajectory of the Christian church. 
And in my opinion, Paul's story is one of the most significant examples of God's redirection. Now our focal point today, this is my main point and everything that we discuss is going to be um, rooted from this. It's going to derive out of this. It's, it's that God redirects us according to his purpose and for our good. His purpose, um, another way you could look at that, his purpose is his will. His purpose is his plans for us. When was the last time God redirected you? And is he currently redirecting you in any, area of, any areas of your life? Those are a couple of questions that I, I want you to just kind of keep in the back of your head as we go through today. Starting out um, in Acts 9, verses 1 and 2, it says, Then Saul, still breathing threats and murder against the disciples of the Lord, went to the high priest and asked letters from him to the synagogues of Damascus, so that if he found any who were of the way, whether men or women, he might bring them bound to Jerusalem. Let me point out that Paul's headed to Damascus for one reason. He's headed to Damascus to persecute Christians, to kill Christians. At this point, this was Paul's mission in life. His mission was to persecute. And you see, it says uh, those who were of the way back in those days, at that point in time, in the history of the church, the way is referring to Christians. That's what, that's what they called people who, who followed Jesus. They, they referred to them um, as, as the way. Now, Paul, he's very focused on where he's going. He's determined, he's committed, he's dedicated. And Paul, we, we see early on that, and, it, and a lot of us can relate, we have a natural desire to be on the correct path, right? Who wants to be on the wrong path? Nobody, right? You know, if, if, if we um, are traveling somewhere, we want to have the correct directions. We wanna be on the right path. We, you know, we wanna get to, to our destination. What this story shows us is that God redirects believers and unbelievers. Now, moving on, verses three through six, it says, as he journeyed, he came near Damascus and suddenly a light shone around him from heaven. And this light, it was brighter than the sun. It was so bright that it caused Paul to fall to the ground. Then he fell to the ground and heard a voice saying to him, Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting me? And he said, who are you, Lord? Before he even knows who, who it is, he, he says, who are you, Lord, right? Because he knows this is someone powerful. A light shone from heaven, blinded him, sent him to the ground. He knows this is somebody important. Then the Lord said, I am Jesus, whom you are persecuting. It is hard for you to kick against the goats. So he, trembling and astonished, said, Lord, what do you want me to do? Then the Lord said to him, arise and go into the city and you will be told what you must do. One element of God's redirection, there's three we're gonna look at. The first one is this, is that redirection occurs when we least expect it. Paul's on the road to persecute people who are following Jesus. And what happens? Who appears to him on the road to this place to do what, you know, um, terrible things? the Lord Jesus himself. That is just absolutely remarkable to me. And I guarantee you that that was the last thing that Paul ever expected to happen is that Jesus was gonna to appear to him. He didn't believe in Jesus. 
Now, Paul, it's funny what Jesus actually says to him. Um, well, first off, it, it, I like to think that Jesus has a sense of humor because he said, I am Jesus whom you are persecuting, <laughs> whom you are persecuting, Paul. I mean, if you're Paul, you're like, oh, wow. Like, uh, I messed up. Um, it is hard for you to kick against the goads. Um, that's, most of us don't have any idea what that means. A goad, it was a long pole with a sharp metal tip used by an ox driver. And they would um, use it to get the ox to pick up the pace. Now, what would happen is if the ox decided to kick back, it would actually create pressure and make it more uncomfortable for the ox. So what Jesus is saying is that in Paul's case, he's kind of kicking against the goads like an ox might do. Um, and, 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 and in Paul's case, it's his conscience. In the back of Paul's mind, he knew that he was on the wrong path. There was a little part of him that knew he was on the wrong path. Um, and, and, and he had a bit of a, a guilty conscience. But Paul in verse six, you know, it says, so he trembling and astonished said, Lord, what do you want me to do? I mean, it's, it's crazy to think that, I don't know, 30 seconds before, Paul isn't following Jesus. Jesus. Paul isn't submitting to Jesus. Paul isn't trying to do anything for Jesus. He's completely opposed to Jesus. And yet all of a sudden, like th that, he, he suddenly it has submitted to him. It was an instant conversion. He's now asking him, Lord, what do you want me to do? And how, you know, it, after we get saved, you know, it, it's easy to get in a rut and, and, we, and, and we get on a path that's comfortable and we, and we forget to, to be like, Lord, what do you want me to do? Lord, I am here. Lord, I am available. But Paul instantly, after, after, after this encounter, he's, he's ready to go. He's ready to serve. And the Lord said to him, arise and go into the city and you will be told what you must do. I mean, Paul is just completely, if you're Paul at this point, you're, I, I, I don't even know what he might be thinking at this point. And this probably feels like a dream. Uh, verses seven and eight. And the men who journeyed with him stood speechless, hearing a voice, but seeing no one. Then Saul arose from the ground, and when his eyes were opened, he saw no one. But they told him by the, but, but they led him by the hand and brought him into Damascus. So Paul was traveling in a group. The men who journeyed with him, they stood speechless. So this encounter that Paul had with Jesus, even though it was mainly directed toward him, I don't think it's a stretch to say that there were others that traveled with Paul who, um, you know, were affected by this. I think this redirected a lot of them as well. We don't really hear anything else about the men, um, to my knowledge, in the book of Acts, but I'd like to think that they were also redirected at this point. Now, when, so keep in mind, Paul's walking, light shines down, Paul goes to the ground, talks to Jesus, he gets back up and he can't see, he's blind. So that, that also is, is, is very crazy because now he, um, keep in mind, Jesus told him, you're gonna keep, continue on to the city, but now he can't see. And 
the reason that Paul loses his physical sight is so that he might gain spiritual clarity. And sometimes it's necessary for us to lose sight of the right path that we need to be on so that God can redirect us onto the right path. We sometimes have to kind of lose track of where we're going in order to get us back on track um, in a more intentional way. And I like, what I like about this story is that Paul's physical destination didn't change. He's continuing to go to Damascus, but his eternal destination did. And that goes back into having the right mindset about the path that you're on in different areas of your life, different um, ways that you look at things. Having this eternal mindset is a game changer. It makes a profound difference in everything that you do instead of looking at everything from a temporal earthly standpoint. There's an example, there's a worldwide example of redirection. We all experienced it, the coronavirus pandemic. Um, regardless of your individual take on COVID-19, I'm not here to politicize or anything like that. Um, regardless of, 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 of what you think about it and the seriousness of it, COVID-19 affected everybody in the world one way or another. And it redirected a lot of people, a lot of people who, who had gone to church for how many years and decades, Sunday after Sunday, suddenly couldn't even go to church. They wanted to, but they couldn't. Um, so many people, jobs, um, people that typically would go to the office five days a week from nine to five, they're suddenly working at home remote. People are isolated. People are stuck at home. Um, that, that's a worldwide example of redirection. Uh, a lot of things at this current point in time, um, I know, for example, if you go out to eat at, a, at restaurants, I was at one restaurant last year and I was waiting for the server to bring me a menu. But what I didn't realize that there was one of the QR codes on the table that I was supposed to scan to get the menu on my phone. So I had the menu in front of me, but that was one of those changes that was like, you know, that came from COVID. Uh, restaurants started doing that to keep things, you know, um, more germ friendly. No physical menu, just pull it up on your smartphone. Um, you know, so, so we're still seeing a lot of side effects. Of the, of the pandemic. So that redirected a lot of the, the things of, of our day to day life. Now back to the text. So Paul's on the way to Damascus, encounters Jesus. He's blind. He's getting led to the city. They bring him into Damascus. And then the Lord speaks to Ananias, who is a disciple at Damascus. And he says, Ananias. And here's what Ananias says. Here I am, Lord. And the Lord tells him, that he is to find a man named Saul, which is Paul, and to lay, he's, he's to lay hands on him. And he tells Ananias that Paul has received a vision that a man named Ananias is going to come to him and lay hands on him. Now Ananias initially says, he says, here I am, Lord. He's ready to be directed by God. But then in verse 13 and 14, after Ananias hears what God's asking him to do, 
he says, Lord, I have heard from many about this man, how much harm he has done to your saints in Jerusalem. And here he has authority from the chief priests to bind all who call on your name. How often do we say, God, I fully submit myself to you. And then God asks us to do something and we're like, oh, I don't wanna do that. So many times we don't put our money where our mouth is. We go to God in prayer, we say, use me. God, I'm available, do what you will, whatever you want in my life, have your way. And then when, when, when God starts to lead us in a direction that we weren't even thinking about, that's a little uncomfortable, that doesn't make sense to us, we resist. And that's what Ananias did. He was, I, I love how he says here, he says, here I am, Lord, at first. That's a great, if you hear the still small voice of God speak to you when you're in prayer or if you're reading his word and you say, here I am, Lord, that's great. But you, you need to continue with that momentum. But Ananias, he, he, Paul is, is very, he's very famous for his, um, he, he had a, a high status um, amongst the Jews. So everyone knew who Paul was. And if you're a Christian, you knew who Paul was because he was killing fellow Christians. And what we see in the case of Ananias is that redirection doesn't always make sense. So if you're going to surrender yourself to God in a way that allows him to use you as a vessel, in a way that allows him to use you to build his kingdom for his purpose and for his glory and for our good, you've got to understand that it might not make sense what he's asking you to do. But even when things don't make sense, many of you can attest to this, you'll still have a peace about what the right decision is or what the right move is. You'll know. It might seem kind of crazy to other people, but if you, between you and God, you'll know, you'll have peace in your heart about what he's asking you to do. So are you open to being redirected? You have to ask yourself that. Are you open to being redirected? And my honest answer, a lot of the time, is I don't think I am open to being redirected. I get more focused on myself than focused on God and his will. Because I know from experience that aligning myself with God's will, it doesn't always feel good. So it's not crazy to assume that Ananias had no prior plans to help someone who was persecuting fellow disciples, Christians. When Ananias said, here I am, Lord, I don't think he was, he, I don't think he was uh, in his head, I don't think he was thinking, here I am, Lord, use me to help the people who are persecuting, um, you know, my brothers and sisters in Christ. He was hoping God would ask him to do something else, but not that. And with our, our you know, God is, is infinite. And you know, not only is he omnipresent, he's everywhere all the time. Um, and not only is, is he omnipotent, all powerful, he's omniscient, he's all knowing. We're not, 
We like to think that we are. We wish that we were, but we're not. But with our limited knowledge and understanding, something might not make sense to us, but who are we to question God's will? So when God redirects you in whatever way that he does, in whatever area of your life, if you have confidence that that's God redirecting you, who are you to question his will if it doesn't make sense to you? Now, Acts 9, uh, 15 through 17, this is the continuance of uh, the conversation with Ananias and the Lord. But the Lord said to him, go, for he is a chosen vessel of mine to bear my name before Gentiles, kings, and the children of Israel. For I will show him how many things he must suffer for my namesake. And Ananias went his way and entered the house and laying his hands on him, he said, brother Saul, the Lord Jesus who appeared to you on the road as you came has sent me that you may receive your sight and be filled with the Holy Spirit. So after Ananias resists, God tells him go. And I give Ananias credit because he went. He did what God asked him to do and he faithfully um, follows through and he lays hands on Paul. But in verse 15, the Lord says that he's referring to Paul. He is a chosen vessel of mine to bear my name before Gentiles, kings, and the children of Israel. And the Lord says that I will show him how many things he must suffer for my namesake. God's redirection would lead Paul to unimaginable suffering. We read all about it in two thirds of the New Testament in Paul's epistles, his prison letters, letters he writes from prison. Paul gets in prison. Paul gets um, on, on an island bitten by a snake. I mean, so he gets, um, you know, he gets beaten. I mean, the list goes on. It doesn't seem like that is for Paul's good. And on the surface, that doesn't make sense. Now, from a heavenly perspective, if we look at it that way, we can see how Paul's future suffering would glorify God and impact countless people in future generations, including all of us today. Some of my favorite verses in the Bible are from books or letters written by Paul. And it, it's, it's, a, uh, it's one of the greatest testimonies ever. A, a guy that was persecuting Christians, a murderer gets saved and becomes one of the greatest apostles. But when Ananias, you know, follows through, he lays hands on Paul, Paul instantly regains his sight. He gets baptized. Um, it's incredible. Last year, I, um, it's funny because I actually saw this on the news, which there's typically not a lot of stories on the news that I um, want to retain or remember. It was, a, and this was only like a 60 second segment because it was a, a very positive story. Um, there was a, uh, a former NFL player. Um, he played for the Indianapolis Colts. His name is Kari Willis. He was a, a safety. Now, last year at the age of 26, he retired from the NFL. He was about to go into his fourth season as a professional athlete. It was the last year of his rookie contract and the salary that he was supposed to make was, it was either almost the equivalent or greater than what he earned in the first three years. Like a couple million dollars, quite, it was 
quite a bit of money, right? And instead of going into his fourth season as a professional athlete, he decided to go into full-time ministry. How often do you hear that? I don't know what the odds are of making it to the NFL, but I know in a lot of, I, you might have a better chance of winning the lottery than getting to the NFL. And that was his dream. Imagine how many hours, how much time, how much energy and effort he had invested in that. And at one point, that was the path that he, that he needed to be on. Obviously, you don't just go into ministry on a whim. You feel led by the spirit. You feel, you feel, you feel re, uh, redirected. And that's what happened with Corey Willis. He was, he was redirected by God to walk away from the NFL. It wasn't because of injuries. It wasn't because he couldn't play. I read that he was supposed to get, um, he was likely going to sign a really good contract, a new contract after his fourth season, whether it be with the Colts or another team, who knows. But um, he, was, he was a starter. He started in well over 90% of, of the games that he played. Um, had some great stats. I mean, the guy was good. But he had a higher calling, a greater purpose. And he was open to God's redirection. So now he's, he's advancing the gospel of Jesus Christ. He's seeking first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And he's walking away from something millions of people dream about to do something that, I mean, how many people if I, outside of this church, right? If I shared that story with somebody who's not a believer, what are the odds that they say, wow, that's a, that was a really great decision of, by Kari Willis to do that. No, if, you, if, if you're not a Christian, if you don't follow Christ, it's hard for, it'd be hard for you to understand that decision. And although his decision probably doesn't make sense to some, and why doesn't it make sense? Because God's redirection is part of his eternal plan, not our earthly plan. Now, after Paul regains his sight and gets baptized, this is a, right after this, Acts 9, 20 through 22. It says, immediately he preached the Christ in the synagogues that he is the son of God. Immediately. Paul doesn't waste any time. Once he gets his vision back, once he's baptized, um, he, had, he had received um, the Holy Spirit. He was ready. He's like, let's go. Verse 21, then all who heard were amazed and said, is this not he who destroyed those who called on this name in Jerusalem? and has come here for that purpose, so that he might bring them bound to the chief priests. But Saul increased all the more in strength and confounded the Jews who dwelt in Damascus, proving that this Jesus is the Christ. In verse 21, it says that all who heard were amazed. They were amazed because they knew that Paul was initially headed there to persecute Christians. Instead of persecuting Christians, he's preaching the gospel. I mean, only God can, can, can do that kind of work in somebody. Only God can resurrect that which is dead and bring them back to life. And we see that there. That's a prime example of that. Paul switches teams. 
He was an enemy of the church. Now he's an advocate of the church. Now he's an apostle of the church. And now Paul, he's not persecuting Christians. He's helping bring people to Christ. He's telling people that Jesus is the Messiah. And then it says that Saul increased all the, more, all the more in strength. You know why Saul increased in strength? Because he was walking by the spirit. He aligned himself with God's will. And when we do those things, God's able to make his power perfect in our weakness. Our greatest strength is when we're focused on him. When we fix our eyes on Jesus, all of our weaknesses, God can make his power perfect in them. Paul wasn't focused on, oh, God, I can't do this. How am I gonna show my face? They all know that I'm the guy that, that um, killed Christians, that persecuted them. He was, Paul was present when Stephen the martyr was, um, was stoned to death. But no, Paul, Paul's not worried about that. Paul is just walking by faith, like, like Paul writes. In 2 Corinthians 5, 7, for we walk by faith and not by sight. Paul has this eternal mindset and he carries it with him his entire life. But in verse 22, um, it says that he confounded the Jews. Why were the Jews confounded? Because of the strength of his faith and his powerful argument from scripture. Paul was well-educated. So when it, when it came to speaking to the Jews, he had a very solid theological argument. And when you factor in his testimony, how I'm on the way to Damascus and all of a sudden Jesus appeared before me. Blind, I mean, I mean when he shares that on top of what he already knows, his argument was so strong. And if you're a Jew at that time, it, you, you don't want to hear it, but they knew he was right. And they were very confused. Now I want to share a personal story I, about my experience here at New Freedom Church. I, I'd like to think that I was redirected in a sense to come here because I came to this church in 2020. At the time, I was still suffering from, I guess, the byproduct of, of hitting rock bottom, making bad decisions. So like I didn't have a vehicle. Um, fortunately, I live right across the street. And when it came to looking for a church, I knew that I wanted to be a part of a church and connect with a church. Well, when you don't have uh, transportation and you, and you don't wanna have to ask people or rely on people to get you to church, well, what do you do? You look for the closest church in proximity. So God kind of left me, he left me with not too many options. Um, th this was e a half mile walk versus walking anywhere else into Lebanon was, was the easy decision. So he redirected me here. And when I joined the church, I, I wanted to get connected. I wanted to serve. I wanted, I wanted fellowship. I wanted these things. Okay. But I, I, I didn't, I, I didn't, come to New Freedom Church with the mindset, wow, I really hope that I get up on stage and preach a sermon one day. 
If you had told me that, if I knew in my spiritual GPS, right, if I looked and it saw on the, on the different directions, like turn right, turn left, all right, get on stage and preach, preach a sermon on Sunday, I'd have turned that thing off. I, I would have I I walked away because that, that's intimidating. That was not in my original plan. It was God's plan. I, wa- I, I, was, on the, I was on the right path, but, he, but God needed to, to continue to redirect me. So when I joined the church, what I ended up doing, we've got an awesome, I don't want to call it a class because I, I don't, I, the term class kind of has a, a, like a classroom connotation to it. Um, it's more of like an onboarding experience. Um, it's called DCP. It's Direction Connection Path. And what it does is if you're new to the church, right, the first thing we ask you to do is fill out a connect card. Um, and that's just, that's just the first step to get, to get connected. But if you really want to get plugged in, you go through the direction connection path. You learn about the church. You learn about the history. If you have any questions, they get answered at that point. You learn about all the ministries that we're involved in. And if you want to get, um, if you want to get involved and serve on, on any of the various serving teams, um, then direct, the direction connection path is the way to do that. That's how you get plugged in. That's how you, um, you know, take that next step here at New Freedom. And I did that. And what it allowed me to do initially, um, it helped me to accomplish the things that I came to the church to do. Like I wanted to serve. I was able to participate in the food ministry for um, the better part of like a year and a half or so. And that was awesome. That was a great humbling experience. And not only that, it wasn't just about the serving, but it was about fellowship and connecting with the other believers from our church, um, you know, that, that I served at the, at the food, food pantry with. And I also, um, going through DCP, that was the other thing that that, that led was to me um, getting involved with some of the, uh, the student ministry stuff with the tweens, the, the Club 56, and eventually the Catalyst Youth Group. But God redirected me to go through DCP. I was open to it. I was willing. And as a result of that, God was able to use me. So you never know when God redirects you what, what that's going to lead to. I wanna recap the main point um, as we start to come to a conclusion. God redirects us according to his purpose and for our good. And I've got a final question for you. Is God redirecting you in this season of your life? If so, are you resisting his plans for you? There's so much wisdom in the book of Proverbs. Proverbs 16, nine really hits home with this message. A man's heart plans his way, but the Lord directs his steps. There was a college football player named Inky Johnson. Now Inky Johnson was a cornerback for the University of Tennessee. Inky Johnson, from the age of seven years old until 20 years old, his life was football and he was good. He was in his junior season. He was 10 games away from the NFL. He had the paperwork that said he was basically a guaranteed first round draft pick. And we all know if you get drafted in the first round of the NFL, you get a payday. Inky grew up in his grandmother's house with 14 people. 
in the house. So you know how much this meant to him that he was about to get to the NFL and make this money to take care of his family? It meant the world to him. He had blood, sweat, and tears invested into this dream. Now he was playing, they were playing a game against Air Force. He goes to make a routine tackle, a tackle that he's made thousands of times. He makes the hit, but he doesn't get up. He blacked out for a moment. His teammates come over. They're kind of like encouraging him to get up and he can't, he can't really move. So they, they take him off the field. On the way, when he's on the stretcher to the ambulance, the doctor says, I don't know how you're alive right now. You don't have a pulse. Goes to the hospital. They end up running tests. Initially, they think, oh, you know, you're gonna be fine. Come to find out, he had some internal bleeding, so they had to do a surgery that night or he wasn't gonna, he wasn't gonna be alive the next morning. So they perform the surgery and, and the, next, the next day, next few days afterwards, Inky is, he said, and these are his words, that he was embarrassed. He was, he was, he was kind of devastated that everything that he had worked for was now down the drain. He didn't understand why this happened. But let me tell you the full story is that Inky goes on. He has a paralyzed right arm, so obviously he can't play football. He becomes what I call a Christian motivational speaker. And as a result of his injury, and he couldn't see this at the time, but hindsight's 2020. After the fact, he's able to see that because of his injury, because it brought him closer to God, because God gave him a higher purpose, his dad got saved. And he has three friends who were first round NFL picks, they all got saved. And I know that many other people were brought to Jesus as a result of Inky Johnson not being defined by his circumstances, but following God's plan for his life. And Inky shows us that it's the Lord's job to direct or redirect our steps. And it's our job to follow his lead. Now with heads bowed and eyes closed, just between you and God, I want you to think about an area where God wants to redirect you today. It could be as simple as a mindset, like the way that Ananias needed a a redirection of the way that, that he viewed Paul. Father God, you are the one who guides us and God, your will is perfect. Your will is always what's best for us. It might not make sense to us on the surface, but God, when we align ourselves with your will, great things happen. You are glorified and we are blessed and we are, and, we, and we are brought joy and fulfillment that we can't even put into words. Father, I pray that if there's anyone that you're redirecting this morning, that you would give them clarity about the steps that you're asking them to take. And I pray that you would give them the courage to move in the direction that you're asking them to move in. Father, help us to align ourselves with your will. And God, teach us to be open to your redirection. God, all the glory is yours forever. In Jesus' holy name.
Amen.